Men, this is a reclamation project. Manhood in the West is broken in our homes, in our cultural institutions, in the church. Real men have gone missing. We're here, a Protestant and a Catholic, to confront that reality with the wisdom and truth of our respective faith traditions. Join us as we move from mediocrity to mastery, from apathy to action, from failure to freedom. Join us as we seek manhood restored. Ben, I'm curious to know, I mean, I, I, I couldn't tell you which denomination within Protestant circles are okay with, right. you know, women pastors. And then I don't know what that debate or dialogue has been over the course of probably the last, probably just 10 years, yeah. right? 10 or something? Well, it's been more and more, you know, even just recently the Baptist, Southern Baptist allowed some, Did the, some females to be pastors. And that was you, like a big. What do you big, think of that? What do they want? What do they? What do we all want when we're not walking with the Lord? We want power, right? We ultimately want power, mm-hmm. and that's what we're craving after. And to say, "Well, you have power, and I want that power. You shouldn't tell me I can't do that," right? Like, like as if they were in competition. Right. That's, yeah. I think that's well, the, the, it, maybe a key. And they know this is kind of a crazy thought, but you know, I mean, I wouldn't say, "Well, I need to birth children," right? I mean, like, there's certain things that are certainly clearly well, designed. Some people are going to say that, right? Yeah, yeah they might no, say no. that, but some things are clearly God designed. And you're saying even more so, like you, you make a good argument about. I never really thought about, you know, the fact Jesus could have picked a woman to be one of the twelve apostles. Yeah. Like I've never, I mean, honestly, he could never have really all thought twelve. You know, <laughs> like, right? Because oh. he he was in the business of uh, of. Breaking you know, trends. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Flipping the what we knew is true to be different, but he didn't. So that really does think of it. But I guess it just, to me, goes back to when men do what men need to do, women don't need to step up and say, well, I'm going to, you know, when men be... Well, it frees them to be who they want to be and who yeah. they're called by God to be. Right. You know, like that's that's part of the mutual responsibility that men have towards women. You know, women have, in a way, a responsibility to bring out the best in their, in their men. Yeah. You know, I would just like to say that my wife and I, I, I mean, I probably don't say it enough and I'm going to make sure I get some points here. <laughs> you get it no, recorded. She does record it yes. like separately and yeah. take that her ringtone. Yeah, like, something. I have a feeling this yeah, is going to be ringtone. Yeah, yeah. No, she truly does, I think, bring out the best in me, which allows me to almost bring out the best in her. You exactly. know, that we really are doing that. And even today I talked to you about, hey, I closed on a house, you know, and how exciting that was. Well, I made sure I praised her because it really happened because... Um, she was she was her friend. That was their house, mm. and because she actually cared about the well being of her friend, yeah, and poured into her friend, that allowed the blessing of me to do that. And I, I thought, like, it really truly was us working together. Yeah. It wasn't like I'm going to go out and do this. Mm-hmm. It was, and and there's so many times where you might you, have slaughtered the deer, but she was the one who put out the food for the deer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, she just let me go, honey. No, yeah, she didn't yeah. put out the food. She, did, she just said, okay, honey, if, if, go, if that's honey. what you need. Yeah. I basically left the kids at home. I was supposed to be watching the kids. So they're oh, old no. enough. They can handle it. Right? There's not, not any babies or anything, you know, they yeah, can handle yeah. it. So I said, Hey guys, you're okay. I'm going hunting. You know, that's yeah. how it actually happened. I got a big deer. Everybody yes. post that on our Facebook yeah. page too, you know, you should. so well, yeah. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I, 
we're, we're coming we're yeah, coming yeah. here towards the end and uh Already? father yeah yeah we're just getting warmed up i know i know um what i wanted to make sure we get in here because everything that's been shared is is really great. And I think guys, we're talking to a Catholic priest here and maybe you can't identify with him on a number of levels in that he's not married. And, um, you know, you don't have this deep understanding of theology and such. Well, uh, neither do I compare to a lot of theologians. <laughs> yeah, well, you're, clear that up. <laughs> you're impressing here. Yeah. So uh, yeah. I'll give you some yes, credit. Very much so. Yeah. But, uh, what I want to, what I want to stress is, Hey, listen uh, to what Father's saying in terms of the courage it takes, uh, the importance of the Catholic priest, the, the courage it takes to be a priest. Uh, and, and just as much for us men, we're required uh, to step up, be courageous, witness to the gospel, be these priests uh, you know, in, of a different kind. And, uh, and honestly, I, I want to hear you address, I think this crisis of uh, a lack of Catholic priests mm. is – is a real problem mm-hmm. out there. And, and we as fathers in our households uh, need to do a better job of cultivating vocations to the priesthood in yeah. our homes. Yeah. So if you can, and, and we always end father and I'll kind of let you just like uh, take it from here. We always end our episode or our episodes on the podcast with a challenge to listeners. Mm. So I'm kind of teeing you up with okay. this one. All right. And so just talk you know, a little bit. I'm not bit. very good at sports, right? Like I might. <laughs> like golf? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're not that very up. good at that oh, one either. So. Uh, I, I thought you were talking about baseball with the T. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, T-ball. Like te- teeing them up. Yeah, right. <laughs> what? So um, speak both to, please, Start starting with like the shortage of the Catholic priesthood. Why, why are we in this um, crisis? And, and then talk a little bit about um, – as we know now about the importance of the priesthood in society, Protestant or Catholic, to be honest with you. Um, Just like religious men. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah manly yeah. religion. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you, you talked about being a, a witness uh, as a spiritual father to us. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 I find that so important in my own walk, right? I, I need priests to lead me and to inspire me and to challenge me. Um, so in turn, like, if I'm going to bless the next generation, I got to be ready yeah. to, to say, if God's calling one of my sons to be a priest, mm-hmm. how can I best um, facilitate? Yeah. Well, and, uh, you know, I think that's a great question because that should be a question that every every family should be kind of asking. You know, like priests are, are cultivated, not not they don't just spring out of nowhere, mm-hmm. right? Um you know, so so the vast majority of men, when you interview them, like, why are you becoming a priest, or or why did you become a priest? It was because they they had models of holiness in their home, and it, and it was encouraged, right? You know, part of the reason I couldn't I couldn't even begin to give a full reason, like why the why the priest shortage, uh, why the shortage, and you know, I would turn that around as well, and I would say, well, why the shortage of masculine religiousness or, you know, men who are religious. Yeah. And, uh, part of it, I think as you, as you were talking, the thing that really struck my heart was just like, I think you said it earlier, Ben, like men left to their own will just kind of atrophy and become apathetic. Mm -hmm. Like men need to fight for something or another. Amen. And we've become so kind of apathetic to the spiritual fight that we're all in. Mm. Um, like we, we've, water down the gospel that, that we are in a fight for our lives and for, for our eternal life. And, and that there, there is the devil who is, you know, not the boogeyman behind every closed door or something like that, but who is like 
desiring for us to to be in hell, right? Mm-hmm. And and in addition to that, all of the all of the legion of social issues where we see society attempting to to break down everything and to remake it in society's own image. Like, like I think the reason why we're, we're in the midst of a, a pre shortage as well as a, a re- religious men shortage is because we've watered that the fight down. Um, but I would imagine that a lot of the guys that are listening to your podcast are ready for that fight. And so, you mm. know, the, the question is, okay, well, if I'm ready for the fight, then what are the things that I need to be do- doing? You know, we could, we could, create a uh, generate a whole list of things that that men who are in the fight need to be doing but one of them is recruiting right yeah right um mm. and being willing to kind of give up everything like you know i think that for some some parents they really struggle when their son comes and says that they're they're thinking about becoming a priest or when their daughter comes and says that they're thinking about being a religious sister um and and I think that the thing that they really struggle with is all of the hopes and desires that they had for that child. Like you could be X, Y, Z, you Doctor, know, and like lawyer, the grand and the grandkids, yeah. you know, it's just like, <laughs> like like in a way, parents have to say no to a lot in order to say yes with their child to to that call. Right. And so it really does require a level of heroism on the part of parents, but, but even more so, even more heroism is required on the part of parents who are willing, not just to allow that call to happen on its own, but who are willing to sacrifice their son or daughter to the Lord, not in, you know, in a human sacrifice way, but like in a Nazarite sacrifice sort of way right. um, to, to, to be willing to dedicate them to the Lord um, like, and to cultivate that, you know, to, to be willing to say to your, to say to your son, like, Hey, you know, think about the priesthood because God might call you to, to be part of the battle in that way. That's heroic because essentially what you're saying to your son is, Hey, think about this thing where I'm not going to get uh grandkids, where I'm not going to get uh, you know, uh care, where I'm not going to be able to like receive like the benefit of uh, you know, all that I'm investing in you yeah, in a way yeah, like yeah. like it requires heroism on the part of parents. Mm-hmm. Um and, and and so cultivating that that desire for sacrifice, right? Because Jesus says unless you pick up your cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple and and so part of all of our crosses or our, all of our daily life is the cross. And, and for a lot of us, I think that the cross is something that we will take only if we absolutely have to. But that's not the attitude with which Jesus is calling us to carry the cross. He's calling us to, to do so joyfully and with gusto, right? To, to like go out and find the cross that we want. Um, you, you might be familiar with this uh, story of St. Catherine of Siena. I, I don't know if you are, Ben, but uh, St. Catherine of Siena was a religious woman um, who experienced like visions of Jesus. And uh, one of the visions of Jesus was um, she— she had a vision where she was in a in a field, and the field was covered with crosses of all different sizes, all different shapes. Uh, some were smoother, some were rougher. And Jesus comes to her and he says, "Go and and find the cross that you want to carry." 
And so, she, and you know, like, what kind of cross would you want to carry if Jesus Light came to you? Light and pretty. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Well, well, she was a she was a religious woman, and you know, don't mess with religious women. You know, like. Uh, <laughs> and so she goes out and she finds the biggest, heaviest, roughest cross that she could find because she knew that, like, by carrying the roughest, heaviest, biggest cross, that she would be that much closer to the Lord on His rough, heavy, big cross. And she brings it to him and she says to him, Lord, this is the cross that I want to carry. And Jesus says to her, that cross isn't for you. That cross is for parents. Huh. So, so, you know, I, I, I don't yeah, want to wow. downplay mm-hmm. like the sacrificial weight of a father who is willing to say to his son, pursue this. Yeah. Think about this. I like might be calling you. I really like the the words you used to recruit. You know, because if we're like you suggested, if we're serious about this spiritual battle, yeah. And I agree with you. There's a there's a lot of guys listening, maybe maybe some others that aren't quite as serious as they need to be, but um it, it's akin, I think, to the thought of one of your children going off to war. Yeah. Signing up in the military. It should be. Anymore, that that kind of gives me pause. I'm like, yeah. You know, inevitably a boy will say, I'm going, I want to be a soldier. You know, it's like, ah, I don't know if I want that for you. Mm-hmm. But, you know, maybe our patriotism in mm-hmm. that case tugs on us a little bit. Right. In the same, in the same way, really, we should be like, hey, there's a, there's a spiritual battle taking place. And we know that. Yeah. And we are a part of that. And if our kids are being called, if, if, if one of our boys is being called, um, then we should, yeah, we should be part of that recruitment process. Yeah. We should never stand in the way of it, at least. Yeah. At the very least. Yeah, right, so. right. Don't stand in the way of the good things that Jesus wants to do because with every cross, there's the consolation of the resurrection, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and that resurrection and the glory of that resurrection is going to correspond to the, the weight of the cross, Right, so so the more that we are willing to follow the Lord and be faithful to Him, the more that glorious resurrection is going to dawn in our lives. Yeah. Right, and yeah. there are incredible consolations that that I've received just um, in my short time as a priest. Like sometimes I, I receive a consolation from the Lord, and I'm like, Lord, I haven't worked nearly hard enough in the vineyard to, <laughs> to deserve anything that. like this. <laughs> <laughs> like like yeah. I can be a lazy schmuck sometimes. You know, it's um. Well, but but I would uh, you know you you want me to uh, issue a challenge and you know maybe maybe the challenge is you know maybe maybe your listeners are, are people who say to themselves like I don't know if I'm ready to say that to my son mm-hmm. or I don't know if I'm ready to encourage my daughter to forsake everything to be a bride of Christ in religious life but but maybe you, you know you're not open to that but you're you're open to the fact that I do have to be willing to carry my cross. And so maybe the challenge needs to be, you know, if you're not ready to, to relinquish your, your son or your daughter to God in that way, what ways are you ready to relinquish hmm. to the Lord? Like, um, you know, what, what sacrifices are you willing to make for the Lord? Like what ways can you, shift from grudgingly carrying the cross if you can't possibly avoid it to at least trying to carry a cross daily. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe it's something as simple as like, you know, on Fridays I'm going to abstain from meat for, 
for, you know, to, to carry that cross, to offer up those graces for my child or for, for my children. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, maybe I'm willing to abstain from, I don't know, alcohol on a, on a certain night or, you know, maybe I'm, or maybe, you know, I'm going to get up on a certain day when I, when my schedule allows and I'm going to go to daily mass or I'm going to get up and I'm going to read a, a chapter of the Bible. You know, like what, if you're not ready for the sacrifice of relinquishing your child to God in this radical way, what sacrifice are you ready for? And can you make that sacrifice today? Maybe that helps you get there yeah. if, if you need to baby be. Baby steps. Okay, very yeah. good. Well, Father, thank you so Manly much. Manly baby yeah. steps. <laughs> right. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> we really appreciate you uh, yeah. coming well, on the podcast. It's a privilege. You know, I appreciate you, you guys. And Ben, it's been great getting to know you. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, for sure. You've behaved remarkably I know. Well. I really, I really I, did I, try. This has been the quietest he's been. the quietest he's been. Yeah, I honestly <laughs> think you're just a l- little too uh, dangerous that if I uh, came firing, you'd, cu- you'd fire back pretty well. I mean, your <laughs> artillery seemed good, so I needed to behave. Well, I'm a jerk sometimes, so I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't meaning that. Well, you know, it's the truth. But <laughs> this is a pleasure. I, I really do appreciate it. Yeah. You know, and it's been great getting to know you, Ben. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. Real, sure. real, real pleasure. I've already mentioned you in like three homilies, you know? So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we, oh the, wow. The cilantro, the story about the cilantro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. Okay. All right. Well, I think we got our marching orders here, I think. Let's roll. Please enjoy this manhood restupidity and a few outtakes and a little discussion about the Eucharist and communion. Hello. Welcome to the basement dwellers. Yeah. I think basement you're good. dwellers podcast. Yeah. I think you're good. Sounding good, yeah. I don't know that I need to turn you up more than that. I mean I think these settings probably were the same. Do 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 do. Here's me now. Do 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 Okay, now here's me. Yeah. See, okay, mine mine comes up a little bit higher. You're pretty deep. On the level. See, I'm, we're both at level forty two for the record, okay? <laughs> so it's equal. All right. So I don't know. Um the voice now my voice strength is listed as medium. Uh your voice strength is listed as what would my timber be? I put soft, unless you want to be medium. We timber. Can, here, what we'll, would my timber be? I don't know. I put you to medium, so we can put ourselves the same. The same, if you want, medium voice tone. What, hey, we will just get what we need. We don't have to be the same. That's that's. Uh, well, I put you as soft before, but maybe that was asking about personality. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, oh yeah, starting great, already. Yeah, right. yeah, I know. My, Michelle <laughs> comments said about that. Ooh. Can't help it. It's just, you know, it's banter. It's not, you know, or maybe it's benter, you know. Benter. Right? Yeah. So, <laughs> the quick wit on full display. No. No, we're not. We this we, whole time I've intentionally been intentionally turned recording go gold over here. You, you have. know, it's just yeah. we recorded the skunk story. Yeah, we recorded that story. Yeah, know? the like, story you like, wanted to record. <laughs> <laughs> but no, get this. Think about this as yeah. a pastor when you have to prepare, right? And it's such a burden upon a Protestant pastor to have to prepare one sermon. Is it really? For it's a joy. Yeah, that's oh, that's what I meant. Yeah, like the joy of parenthood. <laughs> yes, yes. Like the joy of yeah. cutting off your foot. Yeah. <laughs> right, but sure. I honestly, I, I, I'm just in the moment thinking of this, though. Okay. That 
it would be like if I'm a, if I were a pastor for thirty years, that's a lot of Sundays, that's a lot of sermons. And how do you not repeat yourself? And how do you? Boy, that's that's a, a burden. That'd be a great way to describe that. I didn't say it'd be a, like a you know a misery. Yeah, burden can be joyful, I suppose. Yeah, burden should be joyful. But pick it's, up your cross and follow me. Yes, but in re, in a real way, like Father, you have daily mass, mm-hmm. daily. Right. So, and I know you don't give the same amount of time and effort for your, you know, Tuesday homily that you do on your Sunday, but we're talking essentially seven days a week of homilies of sermons. Wow. Yeah. I mean, well, that's, that's one thing that, uh, people will say is like, you know, there's all these programs out there to learn the Bible or to read through the Bible, you know, all these different apps. And one of the, one of the great ones is like read the Bible in a year with father Mike Schmitz. Like that's a really great one. People are really enjoying, but like in a way, like Catholics, we've got a built-in Bible study just in our daily mass. Like if you were to go to mass every single day for three years, you would probably hear close to 75, 80% of the Bible. Mm. You would hear it with the Old Testament either either interlinearly linked with the New Testament, meaning like, you know, we're reading through various books at once, or you would hear it paired with like New Testament and gospel readings that correspond to or find their fulfillment or or fulfilling the Old Testament readings, right? So there there would be an organization to it. And then you would hear some some guy who allegedly knows what he's talking about and has been educated like break it down and apply it to your daily life. Like like in a way, like the best Bible study is consistent daily mass. Just going to daily mass. I've never heard yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, I've heard the part about, you know, you could, you'd read through the Bible essentially in three years, but yeah, that, that a Bible study would just be going to mass. Yeah. Right. Daily. And, and, and on <sighs> top of that, like, you know, and, and for us as Catholics, it's like, okay, well, you know, you, you get the word and that's wonderful. You get it broken down. That's great. But then you get to receive the Lord himself, right. In Holy communion. And like, yeah. So, so you, you hear the word and then you receive the word. Mm. I mean, how can you get any closer to a personal relationship with Jesus Christ than that? It's just that's 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 your cue, not mine, <laughs> for response and uncorking and. We're not, we're not officially starting our episode yet. Are we recording? Well, yeah, what, we're gonna record. Oh, so so you're you're only gonna turn it on? When no, well, we're I didn't know official content. No, I but <laughs> no, I was just gonna say you do communion every day. Then every single day, yeah. Okay, so Jesus's body is broken every day. Well, you have to understand that in the context of like um, uh, the Greek concept of anamnesis. Are you familiar with that term? So, so in in do biblical, this. do this in memory of me. Yeah, right. yeah. So, so in biblical kind of theology uh, understanding, there's three things that could be meant by re- the word to remember, the verb to remember. One way is just to remember to recall a past event, right? The same way that you and I remember, you know, what did you do last week? We recall it to mind and bring it to mind. Another way is what we call mimesis. Uh, And if you saw it written out, you would see the word mime in there. And so Mm -hmm. like to uh, remember something mimetically is to act it out. Right. And so, mm-hmm. and you know, we have that in our Catholic spirituality as well, where like, um, you know, like, uh, especially in like Hispanic countries or Filipino, uh, the Filipino culture, like they'll act out 
the stations of the cross, right? Where somebody will like play Jesus and like he'll be like in some uh, societies in some day, ages, like actually they would, they would crucify him. And, you know, it's mm. uh, gets really mimetic and on those wow. days. Yeah. Um, but uh, anamnesis is a third sort of biblical remembering, uh, which is to remember in such a way as to bring the past to bear on the present reality. And this is the sort of remembering that you get in like Deuteronomy 26, I think, is uh, when Moses is instructing the people uh, to to remember what God did for them in Egypt. And uh, they he says, and I only brought my New Testament Bible. I didn't think we'd be getting into Old Testament. So, <laughs> so I'm already uh, uh, shooting uh, shooting. From the arrows out of my quiver without yeah, the arrows uh, in it. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but he says, uh, you know, you shall – he's giving the instruction for the Passover, right? And he mm-hmm. says, you shall say, you know, I am – my father was a wandering Aramean and we went down into Egypt and there we were brought out and, and, you know, and now we have been brought into the land. Now, those words were given to the Israelites to be said whether they were – the Jews that were there listening to Moses giving this instruction right then and there, or whether they were Jews in in David's time or Jesus's time or our time, right? They're always mm. present tense, and so so the idea of mimesis or anamnesis is that you're bringing this past event to bear on your present reality. Okay, and and that's that's what we that's how we mean remember in the context of the Catholic Mass. So it's not that Jesus is being broken anew every day. But it's that the one sacrifice offered eternally by Jesus to the Father and the power of the Holy Spirit becomes present through the communal act of remembering on our altar, right? You know, it's like it's like a you know a bad analogy would be it's like when we come together as a church in the power of the Holy Spirit to remember this past event, which has universal uh, and atemporal repercussions, right? It's almost like, you know, there's a time machine mm. where, where that event becomes present in, 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 on our altar, in our midst. Not even a reenactment. No. That's, that's the second one you mentioned, right? Yeah. Like I think a civil war reenactment. Right. But yeah, we're talking about, mimesis. we're talking about the, 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 the one event, mm-hmm. the one event the kind of reverberating war. all throughout time and space. Right. And since the the thing I'll say is since God's not bound by time, mm-hmm. I can understand, you know, Jesus is not bound by time. You right, know, like yeah. so I can understand that idea that it would be I was always picturing like, well, that's the blood of Jesus. I'm like, well, it tastes like wine, right? Like so sure. you know, so well, shouldn't it taste like that. blood? <laughs> you know, you know, yeah. kind of joking. I mean, I know obviously in the first Passover wasn't, you know, before Jesus passed when he's like, he's not, you know, this is my blood. It's not really, you know. But I think that was sort of the idea in wait, my wait, mind. It, it wasn't, right? It wasn't his blood. Well, he said it was. This is Are you my calling blood. him a liar. Well, it, then why does his blood taste like grape juice? <laughs> I mean, excuse yeah. me, wine, yeah, <laughs> fermented wine, grape juice. Wine, because we're not, you know, <laughs> yeah, people, grape juice in our. We're yeah. not abiblical here, so right. so like the idea of like, oh, we're just using grape juice. It's just like, well, they wouldn't have. Right, <laughs> you know, they would have right. looked at you like you had your head cut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Like, we just go. That's one thing we probably yeah. don't get right there. Is we just need to but, get uh, out the bubbly. No, no. no so so uh, you know, I think that a good way of understanding how how Catholics think of the Eucharist and uh, is is through Aristotle's distinction between the um, oh my gosh the substance of a thing and the accidents that adhere in a thing right and so the substance of a thing is that which it is 
right? And so your substance, Ben, is is a human soul, right? That is what you are. Okay. The accidents of a thing are things like uh, quality, quantity, location. There's nine different accidents, uh, color, um, things like that. These are aspects of you that don't change who you are, that don't change your substance. So you could um, cut your hair, well, I could cut my hair. You couldn't, but um. <laughs> right because because my wife cut it for me today. Yes, well, that's very so, sweet. yes, that's very yes. Sweet so that's why. Yeah, yeah. Right. So you don't want to mess up what she did. Right. You just right. made a bald joke. We're just. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like, do they know wow. you're bald, Ben? This is <laughs> right. Wow, but I mean, um, like, no, no. But, I got but, my match. But met. You could. <laughs> Chad would never do that. He's too nice. You could. But, you could have a a hair related miracle that through the intercession of. I don't know some hairy saint, right. like <laughs> hair could sprout miraculously. Oh, yeah, hair, oh hairy head. saint! Yeah, I got pray to the hairy saint. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Probably some Polish guy, Chewbacca. maybe maybe Saint John Paul or somebody <laughs> like that. You know? So, uh, but uh, Chewbacca wasn't baptized, therefore we can't count him as one of the. But uh, but but the point is, like you could you could change your hair, or you could cut your hair, or you could color your hair, or you could lose your hair. Yeah, and all of those. I chose that. None of these would. None <laughs> right. of these would change your substance. Right. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, so, I've always said though that, you know, once you go bald, you never go back. Yeah, it <laughs> but you can. Rhyme, but but you can. You just need to pay. <laughs> you just need to pay. <laughs> wow. That's why the sound effect. What's that one? I don't know. I don't oh, they're not turned on. I can't hear anything. <laughs> yep. No sound effect. I didn't turn my sound effects crickets? up. Yep. Oh, it was the right one. Oh, oh yes. That was a straight, straight guess. Wait, yeah. No, I, where's the crickets one? Uh, I don't think there is a crickets one. Oh, we need a crickets one. Can you make cricket sounds for that joke? We'll, we'll, we'll it's do like it a in whistle. No, we'll do I, it in that. That was so good. I, that's the only but, one I'm going to know for sound effects because that's no, the one no, I need to hit. That's great. So, so but uh, we would say that the substance of the bread stops being bread. And the substance becomes the body of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, even though the accidents remain. Whoa. My mind is blown. Well, as well, it should be. This is the mystery that we'll contemplate for all eternity in heaven. Right. The great love of the Lord who gives his very flesh for our salvation. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and and in a way, you know, it's it's kind of— part of the mercy and the miracle of the Eucharist that the accidents do remain, you know, like, uh, that is that command. spelled accident? Like accident, A-C-C-I-D-E-N-T-A-S-E-N-T-S? I am not a very good speller. So, um, you can put me on spot to spell if you want to embarrass me. But it is, but it is spelled the same way. Yeah. So it's kind of, and substance is spelled the same way as like I don't know some substance foreign substance that you have right, on right. your t-shirt. I just make sure I was hearing oh, it because so, it's just accident. I was thinking like a stain on your shirt after mm, eating right. Taco Bell or something like yeah, that sort that, of substance or really so, good pizza. But me not having hair was an accident. I mean that's what I was. Trying to <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right, exactly. You were looking for a pun, Ben. Yeah. I know that's what you were after, oh, right there. Uh, I was just trying to understand puns. All, all mine stink. They're pungent. <laughs> okay. well, that's so, our warm up. So, do you want me to stop this? That's now? great. That's great stuff. No, we can't. Here, yeah. I am number number one. You are always number one. I am. See. 
Thanks for tuning in to the Manhood Restored podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and share. Also, be sure to like us on Facebook at Manhood Restored Podcast. To check out past episodes and show notes, go to manhoodrestored.tv. You can send us feedback and episode ideas to mightymen at manhoodrestored.tv. That's mightymen at manhoodrestored.tv. Be blessed and be brave. Until next time, mighty men of valor. <laughs>